You are listening to a New Season Church audio sermon. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. Well, this morning I'm going to be concluding our series on Elijah. And we're going to be looking at the 19th chapter of 1 Kings. So you can turn there in your Bibles or your Bible app. And we, at this point, see that Elijah has been through some great victories. Uh, we just saw him had a great victory in Mount Carmel. And we see something very interesting happen in the life of Elijah. He comes to a low point in his life. He comes to a season of dejection, a season of depression. And he really, he's, he's at a low point in his life. And this morning, we're going to be looking at this account. And we're going to be looking at some principles of how do we come back from a low point in our life? How do we come back from a season of dejection, from a season of depression? How do we come back from a low point in our life? And so we're going to pick it up from 1 Kings 19 verses 1 to 3. And it says, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, May the gods strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow, if I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Now if we backtrack a little bit, we see Ahab is towards the end of his reign. And remember, he is the 19th consecutive evil king of Israel. And really he is at the point where he's just become a weak leader. He can't lead anymore. He can't uh, decree uh, or declare anything in terms of Israel. And he basically hands over his leadership to his wife Jezebel. And Jezebel basically sends this message to Elijah and said, Look, I'm going to kill you and may the gods have no mercy on me if by this time tomorrow you are not dead. And what does Elijah do? And I want you to underline this in your Bibles or highlight it in your Bible app. The word in verse 3 says, and Elijah fled. Or another translation says, Elijah ran. So, which is at this point a little bit confusing. Remember, if you haven't been with us for the last few weeks, uh, we've seen Elijah go through some crazy things. He goes to Ahab and he uh, declares that there's going to be a drought uh, and there's a drought for three and a half years. He goes to the old widow and there they are fed uh, with oil and flour for three and a half years. He raises the boy from the dead. He stares down 900 prophets and basically in an instant after the prophets have been, been screaming and shouting for hours for their God Baal to, to consume the sacrifice. Elijah prays once and in under a minute the, the, the sacrifice is consumed. And we saw last week how, how uh, Elijah is, he prays earnestly and for the, for the drought to, to end, for the rains to come, and it does. And now all of a sudden there's the wife of the king having a little bit of a temper tantrum and threatening Elijah. And what does he do? He runs away. It's interesting because it's completely contrast to what he has experienced. He's just seen victory after victory after victory after victory. And someone in essence threatens him. I mean, he stared down 900 prophets. And all of a sudden there is uh, uh, the, the wife of the king is threatening him and decides to run away. And we see that Elijah goes to a low point in his life. 
He comes to a low point in his life. And so this morning I want to look at, as I begin my message, I want to give you four easy ways to get depressed. And that's an interesting way of starting a Sunday morning message. Four easy ways to get depressed. But the fact of the matter is that every single one of us will go through a low point in our life. Every single one of us will go through a season of depression and dejection. And we're going to see this man of God, Elijah, go through exactly the same thing. And the problem, I think, is that we don't talk about it enough in church. That we've been taught that because we serve God, because we are born again, we serve in Christ, that somehow we are immune to the challenges that we face in our lives and that that will never affect us and we will never have a low point in our life. We almost see, it almost seems like it, it, it's, it's a, it's a indictment on our faith that because we don't have enough faith, that that is why we are going through these low points in different seasons in our life. But the fact of the matter is no one is immune. No one is immune to the challenges we face and the effect that it has on us mentally. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the four easy ways to get depressed. Because if you know how to get depressed, you'll be able to know how to walk yourself back. And you'll be able to put some safeguards in place in your life to be able to either uh, not allow it to get into a more serious issue or to get yourself back to where you're supposed to be. So let's look at uh, 1 Kings 19 verse 3 to 4. It says, When Elijah came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat under it, and he prayed that he might die. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So the first way to get depressed, number one, is to wear yourself out. We see Elijah and for years he's been fighting a spiritual battle. He's been praying and seeking God and praying and trusting and praying and trusting. Taken to the brook Cherith, uh, goes to the widow's house. He's, 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 uh, they're fed with the flour and the oil. He brings the young boy back to life. He puts God on the line by saying, God, if you God, please consume this thing right now. And he, and he pronounces the rain that will come after three and a half years of drought. He's been praying and trusting. He's been doing his fighting a, a spiritual battle for years. And in plain, simple terms, he is worn out. And many of you are in that place right now. Over the last few months, you've had to take on additional responsibilities. You are working longer hours you you've got you've got kids that you must take care of the things have been turned upside down and you plan in simple worn out some of you it's physical physical exhaustion and some of you it's mental you've taken over all of these responsibilities and having to tend to all of these other other people that you are just worn out so the first easy way to uh, to get depressed is to wear yourself out number two the second way to get easily depressed is to shut people out. And that's exactly what Elijah did. He goes and he shuts the people in his life out. So he travels and they get to Bathsheba. And at Bathsheba, he tells his servant, you stay here, I'm going on my own. And then he still proceeds uh, into the wilderness. And isn't that what we do when we start to come into a low point in life, we start to shut people out. When we're worn out, when we're overwhelmed, what do we do? We say, I'm going to handle it. I don't need you. I don't want to be around you. I, 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 I. We place everything on ourselves. 
And we start to say things like, you will never understand. You don't know what I'm going through. Oh, it's easy for you to say. We start to shut people out. So the second way to get easily depressed is to shut people out. Number three is to focus on the negative. And that's exactly what Elijah does. He starts to focus on the negative. What does he say? He says, I've had enough. I will never be, uh, I'm worse than my ancestors. I will never be good enough. And that's what a lot of us start to do. We start to get into almost the self-pity mode where, where we start to exaggerate the, 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 the place where we are in our life. Interesting enough, no one was asking about Elijah's ancestors. No one even knows who his ancestors were. And he did so much more than they did. I mean, he raised the young boy from the dead for the first time that's ever been recorded in the, in the Bible. He raises it from the dead, but he over exaggerates the place where he is in his life. And he says, well, I'll never be better than my ancestors. And some of you might be in that position. You'll say, my, nev- my life will never be better. My kids will never come to Christ. My marriage will never improve. The fact of the matter is, if we're going to continue focusing on the negative, we'll never come out of it. So the third way to get easily depressed is to focus on the negative. The fourth way, number four, to easily get depressed is to forget God. And that's exactly what Elijah does. He forgets God. He forgets that God has been with him the last three and a half years. That God has worked in mighty ways in him and through him. That God sent the ravens to feed him. That God nourished him by the brook Cherith in the middle of a drought. That God raises the young boy from the dead. That God answered Elijah's prayer when it came to the sacrifice and the false prophets. And that God answered Elijah's prayer when it came to the rain. Elijah has forgotten all of those things And the only thing that he can see right now at this low point in his life is that God is not around. That God will not come through for me. And isn't that what a lot of us do as well? We look around ourselves and we see and we think that God is nowhere to be found. That God will never come through for us. That I will never attain that that goal. That my family will never serve God. That my marriage is over. That God will never build me to the place where my business is prosperous. We, we forget all of the things that God has done in our lives and we focus on the very circumstances that we have. But the fact of the matter is, is that God has protected us. God has provided for us. God has nourished us. God has taken care of us. And if He's done it once before, He will do it again. So the four easy ways to get depressed is to wear yourself out, shut people out, focus on the negative, and forget God. So now that we've covered those four things and the four easy ways to get depressed, let's talk about how do we get out of those that low point in life. What's God's prescription for the low points in life and how do we have a comeback in, in our life? So let's see what God does with Elijah. Once Kings 19, 5 to 6, and it says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there was beside his head some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And so we see Elijah in this moment, he's without hope. He's tired, he's worn out, and in essence what he's saying is, I just want to die. And he's preparing himself to die. And so what God does is God sends an angel to represent him in order to minister to Elijah. And it's interesting that 
at this point, God doesn't rebuke Elijah. There's no shame. There's no, only if you had more faith, you wouldn't be in this situation. There's no, oh, if you'd only just listened to more of my word, or if you had read more of, 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 the, of my word, or if you had remembered more of the Bible verses, you would not be in this position. There's none of that. Instead, what God does to the angel, he says to Elijah, I want you to get up and eat. So the first step in having a comeback, the first thing from uh, coming back from low point in our life is that God says to eat and rest. And so we see in the scripture that God doesn't rebuke Elijah. He doesn't put any shame on him, but he basically provides him an opportunity to rest and to recharge himself. He provides, he says, get up and eat. And there's freshly baked bread there for him. And for many of you, I believe that this will help you this morning. And you can write this down. One of the most spiritual things that you can do is rest. To recharge. In fact, in the, in the culture we are in today, in the day and age we live in, one of the most disregarded uh, instructions of God is for us to rest. To uh, make the Sabbath holy. To take one day of the week to rest. And because of whatever responsibilities we have, or just because we don't feel that it's important, we kind of disregard and say, oh, I, you know, I don't need to rest. The fact of the matter is we must take time to rest. And I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking the same thing. But I have to do this and I have to do that. And there's this deadline and there's this deadline and this person is relying on me and I committed myself to this thing. And I want to help you this morning and maybe uh, release you of some of that guilt and some of that uh, weight that's on you. It's okay to take some time to rest. And as I'm saying this, I'm saying to myself, well, maybe I should be taking some of my own advice. But at the end of the day, we have to find opportunity to rest. It's okay if the house goes uh, a little bit untidy for a little while. It's okay if you don't do the laundry right now and leave it for another day. It's okay that you don't, uh, that your kids skip one day that you have to be their teacher. It's okay. You can take some time to rest and you've got to figure out what that means. For some of you, that might be uh, actually taking a nap. For some of you, that might be watching, uh, watching series. I know for myself, that's how I rest. I unwind and recharge by watching uh, watching a series because I'm the type of person that lives a lot in my head. So a lot of my exhaustion is mental. And so I need some time where I need to remove my myself from my, my head and focus on something else. You have to figure out what that is, but you have to find time to rest. So the first thing that we do in order the prescription to come back and come out of the low point in life is to eat and rest. And so let's pick up from 1 Kings 19, 7 to 8. And it says, Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Go, uh, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up, ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And so now we see uh, Elijah has rested a little bit and the angel wakes him up again and said, no, you need to eat some more because there's a journey ahead of you. And if you don't eat and don't strengthen yourself, the journey will be too much for you. So Elijah, after having rested and, 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 and consumed some food, he strengthened and he travels 40 days and 40 nights to 
Mount Sinai, which is to be believed to be the place at which uh, the Ten Commandments were given. So what is this actually saying to us? Well, it's fairly simple. What it's saying is eat, rest, and go to church. So the second key to coming out of our low point is to go to the place where God is. So God's prescription for getting out of a low point in a life, out of a place of depression, is to eat and rest and go where God is. Go to the place where you experience God. Don't isolate yourself. And I see so many people do this. They start to go through a difficult period in their life and they start to take a break from church. They start to take a break from the place where they experience God. And why is this so important? Because it is in the place where we experience God that God will replace the lies that we tell ourselves with His truth. Let's pick up from 1 Kings 19, 9-10. It says, Then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord, God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken the covenant with you, tore down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. In those verses, God speaks to Elijah and tells him, uh, or asks him, what are you doing here? Now, it's not that God didn't know where Elijah was. That's not the point of the question. God knew exactly where Elijah was, but he wanted Elijah to realize where he was. He wanted Elijah to verbalize what the issue was. He wanted Elijah to understand how he got to his place, to this place. And so Elijah starts to say, well, your people have broken down the covenant and they've torn down your, your, your altars. And they, now there's, they, all the prophets are dead and I am the only one and they are trying to kill me. And so a few of the statements was true. Yes, they have torn down the altars. Yes, the hearts of the people have been uh, moved uh, to, away from God. But Elijah wasn't the only one left. There were 7,000 other prophets who had not bowed their knee to Baal. You see, where we go to the place where we experience God, God will replace the lies that we are telling ourselves with His truth. And when we start to verbalize the, what we perceive the reason that, that, that the, we are in the position that we're in, God can take whatever we are saying and replace it with His truth. So what are you saying to yourself in this time? Are you saying it's never going to get better? I will, my, my, my marriage will never get, get better. It's, it's impossible. Well, all things are possible with God. My children will never come to Christ. The earnest prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'll never be financially prosperous. I'll never get out of this place. Well, hold on. The word says, God gives you the power to create wealth. You see, when you come to the place of God, when you come to the place where God is, where you experience God, God will take the lies that you are telling yourself or that you've been told and replace it with His truth. So, eat and rest and go to the place where God is. The third way to get out of a a low place or a, a place of dejection, a place of depression, is God speaks in a still small voice so god says eat and rest go to the place where i am and then god speaks in a still small voice now you have to remember who 
Elijah was dealing with, the God that he knew. God was a God that did spectacular things. His God was the God that shut up the clouds and, and there was a drought. His God was the God that raised the young boy from the dead. His God was the God that took, uh, licked up the whole sacrifice and then uh, let the rains go that there was a mighty thunderstorm. God, Elijah is used to a God of the spectacular. But let's see what God does in this instance. 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12, and it says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. You see, Elijah was used to God speaking to him in spectacular ways. But it's interesting that God will often speak to us the softest when we are the lowest. God will often speak to us the softest when we are the lowest. And so God, when He wants to speak to us, does not do it often in spectacular ways. When God really wants to speak to us and give us what we need, God will whisper. Why is that? Well, I believe it's because God wants us to draw close to Him. You see, when God is whispering, we need to draw close to Him to be able to hear Him. You see, if we shout, if God is shouting at us, we can stand on the other side of, of the road and we'll be able to hear Him. But when we really need, what we really need, God wants to draw us in because it is in His presence that we find refreshment. It is in Him that we live, move and being and be. And so what God will do is God will whisper to draw us close enough to be able to hear Him. So how do we get out of a low point? Number one, eat and rest. Number two, go to the place where God is. And number three, listen for the still small voice. And number four, number four, God gives us something to do. And so to overcome depression, to overcome the low points in our lives, what do we do? We do, number one, we eat and rest. Number two, we go to where God is. We go to the place where God is. We go to church. Why? So that God can replace the lies that we tell ourselves and the lies that the enemy has told us with His truth. Number three, we listen to God's still small voice. And number four, God gives us divine assignment. So let's see from 1 Kings 19, 15 to 6, it says, Then the Lord told them, Go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram, then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimsh, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Mahola, to replace you as my prophet. So God tells Elijah, now I want you to get up and go back to where you came from. And I want you to anoint these people. I want you to anoint this person to be king. And I want you to anoint this person to take over from you as prophet. What was God telling Elijah to do? Basically, he was telling him, go and do what prophets do. Go and do what I've told you to do. Go and pursue the thing, the divine assignment that I've given you. The greatest motivator in our life is not love, it's not money, it's not power. The greatest motivator is purpose. 
The greatest motivator is divine assignment. The greatest motivator in our lives is what God has given us to do. The very thing that God has created us to be. You see, if you have an assignment, if you know that this is what God has given me to do with my life in, on this earth, it gives you direction, it gives you purpose, it gives you something that you're working towards. No purpose, no assignment, no destiny is like a ship out at sea with no rudder. It gets tossed to and fro with every changing of the wind. But when you have assignment, when you have destiny, when you have purpose, it gives you a rudder. It, it, it enables you to hoist the sails up and get the wind in, in the sails and take you to where God has called you to. If you want to be able to get out of the low point in your life, do those things. Rest and eat. Go to where God is. So you can replace the lies with the truth. Listen for your still small voice, but then also pursue your calling, your divine assignment. Because look, at the end of the day, if you still have air in your lungs, God is not done with you. God's purpose is, has not been accomplished and you ha still have something to live for. You still have something not only to live and to survive for, but you have something to pursue. And if you say, well, I don't know what my, what my, what my assignment is. I don't want to know what my divine uh, purpose is. Well, we can help with that. We have a way that we do it. We have a, we have a process that we take people through to help them discover their, their, their gifts, help them discover uh, what their purpose is, and help them move closer towards that. Because the greatest motivator in your life is purpose. It's purpose. So I encourage you to get in, into God's presence. Don't run away from church. Run to God. That's where God is. This morning, that's where God is. God is right here, right now, speaking a word over your life that is encouraging you, that is bringing life into your life. Don't run away from that. Listen for God's still small voice. And when He speaks, be obedient to what He's saying. And then pursue your purpose with, with enthusiasm and with, 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 with joy. And as I close this morning, I want to say something to you. And that is that most of you, if you were at a little bit of a low point in your life uh, and you're feeling tired and you say, you know, I, I don't know how much more I can do this. For most of you, it's not because you're physically tired. Because if you were physically tired, you could take a nap and you could feel much better. But for most of you, it's because you're spiritually depleted. You're like a car that's running on fumes. You're, you're like a car where the, where the tank light has been on for the past 100 Ks and you're still going and you're wondering why the car is stuttering along and can't get, get to its top speed. And, and this is what I've realized is that what a lot of people will do is they will mistake and spiritual depletion for physical exhaustion and they'll say, well, I just need some time away. And so they say, well, I need to go on holiday or I need to take a couple of days off. or I need to take a couple of weeks off and I just need to sit at home by myself. But what happens is they come back and they're still tired. They come back from holiday and they're still tired. They come back from those couple of weeks and they're still tired. Why? Because the very thing that they need was found in the place where God was. Acts 2, Acts 3, 20 says, the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. 
You see, we need to understand that our refreshment not, does not come from necessarily the physical rest that we have, but it comes from the presence of God. You see, when we draw close to God, God draws close to us and times of refreshing come from His presence. If you want to be refreshed, get in the presence of God. If you want to be uh, uh, enthused again, get in the presence of God. Because a lot of the things that we are dealing with and a lot of the things that we are carrying and the weight that we put on ourselves and the responsibilities that we put on ourselves, we were never created to carry. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so this morning, I sense that we need to come before God and, and lay the things that are weighing us down. Lay those weights that we put on ourselves that we were never meant to carry and lay it at God's feet this morning. Where we will find rest, not physical rest, but rest, peace, that rest, that, that peace that surpasses all understanding, that rest, that we are at peace, we are at rest. It might be chaos on the outside, but we are at peace and we are at rest within ourselves. This morning, I'm inviting you to lay your burdens at Jesus' feet. To lay your burdens at His feet. To drop the weight that is weighing you down. And come to God and be refreshed. And come into His presence and be refreshed. We trust that this message has blessed you. We would like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at our Easter's campus.